I'm prepping, yo. Well, you said you asked. You said are you ready, and I said yeah, and I'm not, but that's okay. It's kind of like when we're getting ready to leave the house. Let's go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, hey, uh, I gotta pour some coffee. Um, and that's I'm usually the one saying let's go. Why oh, not? <laughs> it's also like dinner time when you're like calling my name three times, and I get there, and you sound a little annoyed, and yet I get there, and the food still ain't ready, and I'm like, word. That's, maybe I just want the table set with some utensils. You know. That's Wait, all. Just trying to give you some time to come down, help out me, help well, me out a little bit. I recognize <laughs> the truth. I mean, you know, truth will set you free. Amen. Hola. Hola. Man, I've always wanted to start in Spanish. <laughs> and that is all I can do. <laughs> Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bienvenidos. I know, Hola, right? The Pantry Podcast. Ooh, see, there we go. We're breaking it down. And I'm drinking basil seed drink with peach flavor from Mega Mart. I don't know how far Mega Mart spans, y'all, but I, I don't either. That is the Latino staple supermarket in this area. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tonight, you know how some people talk about four letter word. Boy, that's in the <laughs> that's in the world, right? <laughs> but in the Christian world, or actually sometimes in the world, we're going to talk about the six letter word. This word gets people all kinds of ways. All kinds of trapped in their feelings. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Drum roll. We need our daughter. <laughs> Repent. I said it. No. But you know, um, really what's cool about repent, man, it, it, it brings so much. Because, you know, when you talk about it, it's like changing your mind, right? Um, I've lived by three R's since I've come back to Christ. You know, recognize, repent, and recover. It's become a staple in my life. If I had Michelle make me a shirt, because you can I mean, buy it in our merch store, because <laughs> <laughs> it's just awesome. Like the idea, like you know, when we recognize, we're capturing thoughts. And the Bible does say, Jesus said, you know, the Word of God says that we need to capture those thoughts. You know, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself, and bring them to obedience to Him. Because we live in some disobedient minds sometimes. I mean, look, there's a lot of times I got to catch myself and say, no, 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 <laughs> nah, nah, God, God needs to take care of this right now because it's one of those flesh things. And, and so when you can recognize it's a really beautiful thing because you want to be able to capture that, put it at, at the throne and just say, look, take this from me. We talked a few weeks ago about pride and the many sides of it and how pride is the root of all sin. Because what is pride? Just to go back to that. It's any time we take our own will and put it ahead of God's will. Wow. Our fake truth in front of God's truth. And wow. right now we're living in yet another time. This is not the first time in history, but we're living in yet another time where words are being redefined to fit people's narratives. So when you look at the recognized portion, it's you're humbling yourself in front of the Lord and saying what I thought to be right, what I thought to be true, or what I wanted is not in alignment with God. So really, it's a pride issue, and you're coming to terms with it, and you're realizing that there is something amiss. And now there comes responsibility to act upon that realization. Yeah, it's kind of funny how you say change the narrative, right? Change the narrative. Well, when I think of it in my narrative, it's not so bad. Right. But when someone else sees my narrative and they realign me to another narrative that is 
right in line, like David and Nathan, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, David, David has his narrative. Nathan comes along. He throws out a whole different narrative because, you know, some people can't handle their narrative being thrown at them. Oh, yeah. Because of why? Pride. Anyways, <laughs> so he tells a whole nother story. And then David's like, oh, man, that dude's got to pay. Yeah. And then Nathan looks at him and says, that's you, brother. Exactly. And, and But what's cool about that is like even in that instance, um, when it was brought to his attention, see, David had that moment of recognition. Second Samuel 12, 13. And he, he turns and he says, oh, man, I have sinned against the Lord, Nathan. And Nathan says to David, man, look, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. But see, there had to be a point to take us to that next point, that repentance. Now, hey, look, let's be real. There's two, there's two ways to look at this. We can take it from the unbeliever side. Look, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? That is the, the staple to being a Christian. Look, recognizing the sins of not just yourself, but the world and understanding the impact that this has, the depravity of it, the necessity for, a sa- for someone to come and die on a cross to save us, right? To, to actually take on that sin, take on those things that we're not always happy with, that we're kind of, I mean, we come out strong out in the open, but I know there's a lot of people who lay down sometimes at night and they're like, oh, why did I do that? That is the sin I'm talking about. You know, people want to look at sin sometimes and say, oh, I didn't murder nobody. I don't steal nothing. They pick the worst thing. They right, right, right. Of. I mean, it's like. At least I didn't do that. <laughs> and, and you know what? In the world, it's understandable. It's understandable that you would have weights and, and levels and all this. But here's what I'm saying. If I have a negative or an evil or a, or a, a horrible thought about somebody, to me, that's, that's just as bad because that is the depravity of the world. That it's the sin of the world. It all leads to somewhere because it came from somewhere and we needed Jesus. So this repent, recognizing, right? You recognize something's wrong and you repent. You turn to God and you change your mind. You say, no, I want to be different. Now that's the unbeliever. Now you become saved. I'm still using this word. I know sometimes I have to explain that, but it's like, oh God, yeah, I better use this word. And I, and I, and I throw in the change your mind. It's important to understand because a lot of people have this feeling when they hear repent different thoughts are conjured up you know maybe somebody standing outside with a megaphone screaming repent sinners or hearing someone say you better repent for that or you're going to hell or repent for that or God's going to punish you often they hear repent and they don't hear anything about the grace that's also involved so it becomes this very condemning, judging feeling. And what happens when people feel judged and condemned? Well, think about it in a court of law. If you're feeling condemned in a court of law, you're going to get defensive. And if you are on the defense, you have a shield up, you have a wall up, you're not listening, you're not ready to hear what's actually going on. I remember when I was a kid, before I knew what Jesus had done and before I really understood God, There would be these times where I'd have a fight with my mom or my dad. I would just bawl out because I was so upset with myself, so disgusted with how I had been. And I would start thinking of how they didn't deserve the way that I had treated them. In that moment, I would resolve, I'm going to be a better person. I am going to change. I'm not going to yell anymore. Did you change? Did I yell today? (laughs) I don't know if I did, but I think I'm getting better at yelling. But my words can still have a lot of sass, you know, but it's 
that's kind of the worldly option is like, I will fix it. And you have this huge burden to fix your own issues. Whereas when I came and that, that initial repentance, I can't even explain it, but it was just this, that weight lifted that people talk about this, this now there's someone else who's qualified and now responsible for helping me fix these things. It's not just up to imperfect me perfect oh it's funny to see watching just in that description right well let's not say it's funny but it's real it's real mm-hmm. you're changing your mind right you know and, and so so see i like to break it down sometimes um if you look at repentance in the greek right metanoeo means change your mind involves a turning with contrition a sincere remorse from sin to god the repentance center is the proper condition to accept the divine forgiveness that's that's really where we're at. Like you're talking about, we 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 don't get past the repent. They don't get past the repent. Even the believer sometimes, they, they, it's a hard word to digest because they don't, and then they don't get to the divine forgiveness, the mercy, the grace that that God gives us, that God has continually gave us. And actually, I like. I want to go back a little bit. You gave the nicest narrative for 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 this. Um, the yeah, you know, in the world, you know, when you go to court. You know, (laughs) your defense, you know, your defense. Yo, I was thinking like cat claw, (laughs) the claws come out right? and I'm going after it because I mean, that's where we usually go. But like, but watch this. When we have Christ, I retract those claws a lot faster Yeah. or I don't produce those claws at all. I'm not looking for that defense anymore. My defense, I'm actually giving it to Christ because he has already defended it for me on the cross. I just need to align to that. Repentance is a positional revelation of power the cross has for removing sin. Knowing that no matter what state we are in, he provides the cleansing necessary to proceed forward in victorious living. That is repentance. I think of the prodigal son sometimes. And not that I'm the prodigal son. Although, (laughs) I mean, look, I, I walked away from the family of God. I can do this on my own. I mean, that's my life. And that's the prodigal son. The prodigal son had everything. I mean, he had everything. He was raised with everything. He had money. He's like, just give me what's mine. You know, how many times in our lives have we thought that, give me what's mine? And then we go out there and just blow it. He gets out there in the world. World's beating him up. Yo, this dude's eating the same thing that the pigs are eating because he has nothing. He's lost it all. But you know what he didn't lose? His father. You know, I sat there too. Believe, go to Christian school, have a have a twisted mentality of what Christianity really was because I was broken, right? And I think that played a huge role. And then running. I'm gonna make something of myself. I'm gonna fill in the places that I'm empty. And I hit bottom. I was eating from the trough with the pigs. I know there's people out there that are there. I know that there's people out there that were there and I know there's people who will probably end up there. But let me tell you something as a believer in Jesus Christ, there was still God though. I didn't face him though. I didn't go towards him during those periods of darkness. When I got back to the trough, I was, I came back to the father and you know what? He received me. Right. This is something people might think, well, you know, I'm not ditching God. I pray to him, I'm going to church, I'm in Bible study, what have you. But one way to challenge that just because 
I'm challenging it because it makes our lives better when we take into account if we're doing it. When you're praying for things that are going to make your life how you think it's going to be better. Better job, more money, new car, new location, better boo, <laughs> uh, be- different appearance, what whatever it is, right? Newest product, literally anything. And God gives it to you. And then you stop talking to him. Mm. Mm. Same right. thing. Right. Because now you're alone, not because he's left you, but because you're ignoring him. You're not talking to him. Wow. So if he says anything to you, oh, well, you're too busy enjoying this thing. Now, what right. happens when you enjoy the things that God has given you without God? You are wide open. Think about the kid that comes to school with the brand new hot in-demand toy that the school says you can't even have, but you bring it anyway. Think about what happens. Chances are it's going to get stolen. <laughs> or messed with or played with or damaged because you took it out of the sanctuary, right? right? Now, the cool thing about God is he's always with us and you have the option to know that. <laughs> you can forget that and then not talk to him or you can have him and and move around with him. He can keep you safe with the provisions he's given you. And if the prodigal son had stayed home, he still had access to everything that his father had for him. But he decided, no, give me all the stuff. I don't need you. Look how well that went. Right. So in our lives, are we only praying for something and then ignoring God till we need something else? Or, you know, hey, until someone else needs something, you're praying for them. Kudos. Good job. Keep praying for them. But here's the thing. You've got to not stop talking to God when you get something. Right. Right. Now pray what do I do with this thing? Let me read your word, <laughs> whatever yeah, it I like, is. I, I actually like that. Yeah. I like that because in 2 Corinthians, uh, I actually had this thought. Today. <laughs> so it's like 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6. Watch this. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Mm. Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. That's keeping that faith, right? right? That you're talking about. That's that's like you, you remind me. Of, I, I watched a young kid when he was growing up, and kind of like took care of him, like a father would take care of him. And we'd buy him a cell phone, and he'd take it to school. Mm. And so, like one time, he takes it to school, and he's like, I, he had to go to the bathroom or something. I mean, it was a rough school. I'm just I'm being real where we lived, but uh, he went to the bathroom with it, got jumped, got his phone taken. So he's like, okay, and he came home, and he's like. I, I lost my phone and, you know, so I bought him another one. I was like, okay, you got to take care of this one. I said, are you supposed to have a phone in school? <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I don't know all that, but right. he took it to school again. And this time he's like, you know what? I got, when he was going to the bathroom, he's like, I'm going to leave in my book bag. He came back from the bathroom. It was stolen out of oh, his book bag. Yeah. Right. Remember that? And so, so I, I told him, I said, look, keep it at home. Keep centered. Right. So now take that story across. Like you're talking about keep centered. Keep it at home. Keep it in God. Keep it in the kingdom. Keep it in Christ. Keep it not in yourself, but in our Father's hands. Mm -hmm. I got a verse. One guess. Proverbs. (laughs) (laughs) So Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Mm. Now, concealing transgressions is all about whether or not that's recognizing them. It's not necessarily that you're 
hiding them under a basket. It's just, do you know that it's wrong? Right. And a lot of people are like, well, how would I know? Spend time with God in his word. Oh, yeah. I challenge everyone listening to dedicate the next month just reading Proverbs. Right. Because what's cool about this book, and I, it's weird, I only realized it this year, is that this book contains like the distilled wisdom of the entire Bible in one book. Ooh, yeah. And I'm not saying that it's the only book like that. Right. Because you'll see repetitive themes of wisdom in throughout the Bible. But Proverbs is nice because you can pretty much do one a day other than in February and you'll close out the month finishing it. They just tell it like it is and see how much that changes your life. Reading, we've read the Bible through multiple times. I haven't seen the same almost like immediate instantaneous wrapping of my head around right. so much wisdom right. as when I spend a lot of time in Proverbs and reading the word will help you with your discernment. People are like, I'm going to pray for discernment. Cool. You know what God's going to tell you to do? Read the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. My brother, uh, Pastor Brent, uh -huh. the other night, right? We're, yeah. on, we're on a Bible study Zoom. And he goes, are you wanting to hear from God? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, read the Bible out loud. <laughs> It's like, it's like that props, props. I was like, drop the mic. He's got, <laughs> he's got some best. stuff. He's got some stuff. But you know, so that's yeah. where we're at though. We're in a recognized, right? Mm -hmm. And then we, we, we want to change that. We, we want to change. We do. So we recognize, we, we repent, but watch, this is the one that probably held me back for so many years. Recover. Yes. I would get stuck. I would recognize what I was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. I knew it was wrong. I'd sit there sometimes and say, oh, God, you know, crushed. Mm -hmm. But I would get stuck yeah. looking backwards. And I liked when the Apostle Paul says, look, stop looking back, man. Look mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah. Right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about what's going on today. Because, see, God is doing a work outside of us, in us and outside of us. He's working both in front of us and behind us. He's working in that same day. Because he goes before and he goes behind, which means he's there. Mm -hmm. He's already working on what's going to happen. Do we trust him? So recover. Move forward. Man, next week, we have an awesome brother coming in. Oh, yeah. An awesome brother. Um, and we're going to talk about recovery. Yep. What a testimony to just how this works. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to sitting down with Pastor James and having this discussion. Yeah. There might be a few reasons you're scared to recover. There's responsibility in repenting. There's a responsibility in recovery to get back up and do. You don't just recover. I can walk now, but I'm just not going to ever walk again because I had to learn to walk again. That, that doesn't make, just even saying it just sounds awkward. It just doesn't make any sense. And not even anyone else, it's me. I expect myself to now do something now that I have moved on from the thing I was struggling with. So that's one thing. Another, it's, it's just the guilt, the guilt that you did it in the first place that you did something that was in need of repentance, now you don't feel worthy and have shared that that's why they're shying away from serving or enjoying life or growing in the Lord. His grace is sufficient for us, and that is why recovery is even an option. Hey, it's been good sitting here talking. Seriously, um, recognize, repent, or recover. Yes, amen. Um, recover, and your world will change. Amen. Amen. Guys, it's been awesome. As always, rate, review, share, subscribe, comment, all that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can leave us a review. 
Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Give us prayer requests on our website, thepantrypodcast.com. You can support us with merch. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.